Hey guys, and welcome back to The Outer Rim. My name is Gabe, and today with the help of these two fine gentlemen, we'll be talking about the latest episode of Obi-Wan Kenobi. And here with me today is Curry from The Certain Point of View Show. Welcome. Good to be here. And then joining us again is Ryan from Pop Americana. How are you doing? Yeah, great. Wish I could be here under better circumstances. <laughs> oh, and it just, begins. Just start right now, yeah. <laughs> so it begins. All right. Uh, so as I said, we're talking about part four of Obi-Wan Kenobi. Let's just move right into it. This is, again, directed by Deborah Chow and written by Joby Harold and, and uh, Hannah Friedman. Um, in this one, Obi-Wan pursues Riva and Leia to the Fortress Inquisitorius, just an awesome name, and rescues Leia. And that's pretty much all that happens this episode. Um, I'll start with, uh, I guess probably we'll start with the, uh, the most positive voice here. I'm suspecting uh, you, Curry. What did you think of this episode? Uh, you see, it was funny. I was talking with uh, some of the other guys, and I was like, do I have to go on this week? Because this was my least favorite one so far, um, personally. I, uh, I still liked it, still enjoyed it overall. It's Star Wars. It's Obi-Wan. He's one of my favorite characters. I have been a fan. Thus far, I love the first three episodes, and uh, I'm sure we'll get into the nitty-gritty of that. But I, I just thought this episode should have focused more on the character development aftermath of the previous one of, with that whole encounter. And I kind of feel like they sidestepped that to really have like a action-heavy, plot-focused episode that didn't really accomplish much. Um, there's subtle things throughout that I noticed on my second time through. But I, I was a little disappointed that we didn't get more from it, especially considering there's only two more episodes, and I feel like they've got a lot to wrap up. So I was hoping for a little bit more progression. But I still enjoyed it overall. Um, just a few more nitpicks this time, if that mm -hmm. makes sense. Yeah. And you, Ryan? Uh, I, I, I kind of have the opposite take, but not because I like this episode. Uh, it's my favorite so far. In <laughs> In part because, look, look. I mean, I'm not gonna go to bat for the for the filmmaking here, but uh, in part because, like, in, in a way, as far as like continuity and lore is concerned, the damage is done. So it's like with that baked in, I was just able to take in what was happening instead of having to be like, oh no, 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 no. Why would you make this this horrible story decision? And look, it, it's pretty bland direction the the plot is ridiculously straightforward uh and of course not much happened in this episode but i was freed from the uh, if you've been following anywhere on the discussion group you'll know i have uh, my fair share of uh problems with the way this show has constructed its narrative with within the scope of the larger canon and with those questions now, I mean, not really behind us, but with those kind of baked in, I was able to take this episode for what it was. <laughs> so you're in the, the acceptance stage of your grief over this show. And no, I'm just trying to be though. <laughs> um, yeah. So for me, if you haven't watched the previous two reviews, I'm just kind of coming to the opinion that this is going to be kind of a nothing show for me. Like things happen. There are elements I like, there are elements I strongly dislike, but overall it's just, I feel nothing. 
<laughs> it's just kind of <laughs> neutral, um, which is definitely a disappointing place to be for Star Wars. Um, as far as this episode in particular, um, I almost agree with you, Ryan, but then there are a lot of little nitpicks I noticed on my sure, rewatch. Sure. And like, am I neutral or am I negative? I'm somewhere in that, in that area. Um, and yeah, I, I, building off of what Curry said, I feel like we, this show is now just playing the Mandalorian season one and two arcs on fast forward. Like, Oh, child kidnapped, you know, go rescue child, child captured again, go rescue child again. And we just reached the season two finale in four episodes. Um, and, and then speaking of, you know, dealing with ramifications, I, one of like my favorite episode in the Mandalorian is after Grogu gets captured by the dark troopers. And then we have a whole episode which just, just character focused on Mando and Bill Burr. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, this show has, and, and, and the Mando is not the most character set, you know, focused show. It's pretty, it's pretty, you know, um, pretty, uh, you know, light on the character, but you know, it, it does its work. And I feel like this, this, this show in its entirety has just been so plot driven. Like, in the, like the first episode, we're already leaving Tatooine. Um, you know that we open we open the series not with Obi Wan but with uh, the, the Inquisitors. Um, it just feels like they have to just get through a series of plot points that they kind of are forgetting to tell a story or just don't have time to you know deal with this character. Like in we we, we open this episode with uh, Obi Wan in the back to tank and he kind of comes out and uh, Tala tells him like no you're not healed. And then he's just walking around and he's fine. His injuries never have any ramifications for the episode. Then they're in the um, they're in the, the spaceship flying to the to the uh, to the planet, and he's struggling to move this little piece of metal. And then at the end of the episode, he's holding back the entire ocean, and yeah. there, there's no there's no progression. Like this is a scene, this is another scene. They contradict each other, but there was nothing to get. Like story is little. You know, seeing the steps that a character takes to bring them from one point to the next. And I feel like this show is either just only giving us those steps in like the most basic dialogue where the characters just explain their feelings or it's just skipping them entirely. And, and so what we're left with is a whole lot of plot. And the thing is we've seen the good guys break into an Imperial fortress to rescue a prisoner 37,000 times in Star Wars. Like every other week in Rebels was this plot. Yeah. And the, to the at, point where Imperial security is a joke. <laughs> and Seriously. I feel like all the, every other version we've seen was either just a little bit better or a lot better this version. So I was like, I'm not, I'm, I'm not someone who demands something new every time I watch a show, especially Star Wars. Star Wars is a pastiche. Like, so I love, I love the way they can remix classic tropes, but if you're going to remix a classic trope, you got to do it well. Like you got to excel at you know the technical aspects and just you know good writing. And I feel like this show has never excelled beyond competent. And a lot of the time, it's below that. Um, <laughs> I've talked for a while. Uh, how are you guys feeling about that aspect? I don't know if you want me. I don't know if you want me to respond. Yeah, <laughs> just kidding. Um, you know, it's I'm sad that I disagree with you or that I no, I'm sad that I agree with you a lot about this episode in particular. I disagree with you about the previous three. I think that there's been a lot of subtle nuance and character moments, especially in the first episode, but this one 
this was really the chance to have that slow down, real character focused episode. I mean, look at Book of Boba Fett. They milked the heck out of the back to tank flashback thing. So I half expected to see that here with like a flashback with Hayden Christensen. Cause like he's, he's wounded, he's damaged, like in so many ways beyond just physically. Um, it's really a chance to explore like what that encounter was, however you feel better or not. It was really a chance to explore that. So I agree in the sense of instead of that, we get a rescue mission again in that is very similar to, like you said, 37,000 other times it happens in star Wars, you know, I mean, breaking into a Imperial facility, like how many movies is that in, is that featured in like, you, you know, just in the original trilogy and the sequel trilogy. So there's that. I will say, I agree. And, and in my personal review, I mentioned like he struggles to move that little thing. And then he's deflecting blaster bolts and doing all these crazy things, but then holding the water back, um, which I feel like they only put that in as a callback to Jedi fallen order. Have y'all played that game? By mm-hmm. Cause that's the same. That's the, so that's the, Inquisitor base that you go to. It's the final level. Speaking of a rescue mission to an Imperial base. Yeah, same thing. Same place, actually. So we've literally seen this before in a whole like this they whole area. They need to tighten it up. They need to tighten it up in there. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, in that, Cal Kessis busts, oh, busts open. This is a little bit of a spoiler, I guess, for the game. Do you want? I can stop if you want me to. Anyway, somebody has to hold back the water in the same manner in that game. So like we've literally seen that before. I have heard the argument, and I noticed it a little bit on second watch, is that Obi-Wan like, is fighting more throughout the episode, and the longer he does it, the better he seems to be getting at it. And I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, I can see it's like he's practicing, he's warming up, whatever. I just don't think the episode goes out of its way to really emphasize that and let the viewer in on that. Um, so I struggle with it a little bit. That being said, it's Obi-Wan doing a rescue mission to save Princess Leia. So there's still fun to be had there. I just was looking for a little bit more in this particular episode. Yeah. Uh, and then like the ideas are done in the most, um, the most rote way you can, you can do them uh, mm-hmm. on film and like, which, which is kind of sad because uh, the director here is actually capable of much better and 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 I've seen that like Mandalorian, uh, she did a phenomenal episode of Better Call Saul, um, which starts with an amazing character centric montage. And Gabe hit on something that's been, I think, my biggest problem with the series so far is it is plot driven when you have one of the most charismatic and interesting characters in Star Wars right in front of us, and you chose to do a plot-centered rescue mission instead of a character drama. and A a character who just went through one of the more traumatic moments of his life yesterday. Yeah. Right. Yeah, it's like the direction they chose is just not only for the series, but for this episode is not not ideal. And then like I try to give critiques like if I was going to fix something, I try to take the premise on the table, right? So if you're going to do this cool rescue mission, fold character into it in a more interesting way than, oh, he's he's slowly getting better at the force again. You know, yeah, like, I agree with uh, that. And, and like if you're going to do the, the whole cracked holding back the water thing, 
put the camera on the other side of that glass. Let us see a, a broken, refracted Obi-Wan through that glass. You know, like anything more interesting than just it's slightly down the hallway from him, you know? So you can see that the stormtroopers who are, I, I, I mean, it's a meme, of course, and, you know, I'm not asking that he be shot or anything, but increasingly inept, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Uh, and, and that's another factor that I think is a, a bit at issue here. Yes, Obi-Wan Kenobi is a general of the Clone Wars, and on his best day, an entire battalion of stormtroopers is not going to phase him. But uh, but if you're selling me the narrative that he's struggling to move a rock at the beginning of this, you can't have him surrounded on either side of hallway standing in the middle, not taking cover and managing to block every blaster bolt successfully and say he's struggling. It's just, it's just confused, I think. And, mm -hmm. you know, I take what I can get at this point. Cause you know, I'm, I'm never against seeing blaster bolts reflected by a lightsaber. That's never not cool, but. Uh, yeah, I think, and I think you hit on one of my bigger issues with the episode is I was the action was just staged a little awkwardly this time. It, it for me, it's not that it was terrible. I did think that though. It's like okay, there's like an awkward pause between blaster bolts, and there's just some weird things that I think could have been saved in editing, and that's kind of like my biggest nitpick with some of the weaker parts of the show so far is editing. Um, I don't want to like okay. cause a derailing part, but like the the chase in the first episode, like we all laugh about it, right? It, it was bad. It could have been saved in the editing room. It could have been shortened and tightened and really fixed. And I just think there's some weird, weird choices there um, that makes it feel off at times. In this episode, particularly the chase scene aside, <laughs> um, I will say though. Another thing is like he's struggling to – I don't know if they're trying to get it across that he's struggling to maintain his connection with the Force and he's like letting his attachments and his pain distract him from it because he did save Leia from falling and he like really struggled to do it. So I don't know if he was like testing himself when he was moving that thing and then maybe just the adrenaline of the moment. I could headcanon it and mental gymnastic like defend it to death if I needed to, but I shouldn't have to. You know what I mean? Um, and And – I hate that I'm saying this because I've been such a staunch defender so far. Like y'all would have been so annoyed with me on the other end of the spectrum. The first three episodes, I love the standoff with him and Vader. I love the direction of the show. I love everything it does. I don't think it messes with Canon at all. I think it was a great way to approach it. And I'm saying a bunch of things to trigger you on purpose. <laughs> but, so when, when that, when you guys are talking about that, it's amazing that everything you say is wrong, but <laughs> This episode, I was like, uh, yeah, I didn't think it was terrible, but I feel it a little bit. Um, well, real quick, uh, my, our friend uh, Michael Hoover just said, uh, I can't stick around, but I agree with Curry. Yes. Whatever. And hey, that is actually somewhat rare. Michael and I are known. Well, when we agree, it's great, but when we disagree, it's passionate. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, speaking of disagree with Canon, um, I have had the hope throughout these first three episodes that okay i guess set it up um i don't like that leia and obi-wan are meeting and going on this grand adventure together and you know becoming fast friends 
like because when you go to a new hope and she sends in that message it's very formal there's there's no indication of any uh, that they have met or there is any relationship like the only relationship she quotes is you know, years ago you served my father like it's very much you were a friend of my father so i'm begging you and just like if you're watching that there's you you can't see the history that they're showing here at all there so I, I wasn't a fan of them having of them being together so i was like okay maybe just maybe since he introduced himself as ben she doesn't actually learn he's everyone kenobi and then this episode reva Shrimp tells Le leia that he's everyone kenobi so that little bit of hope that another element of canon wouldn't be a kind of pinched has been taken yeah. away from me uh you know and and the thing about that is if if your version had stayed true it it sort of would have made sense that she was formal about obi-wan kenobi and then in, in the prison cell when luke says i'm here with ben kenobi she perks up with ben kenobi like that mm -hmm. that that could work for me you know like and like curry said you don't want to have to do the mental gymnastics to make stuff like that work I think it's really easy to in this case, though. Like, I, I feel like focusing on that is focusing on the wrong thing, personally. Because, yeah, she says years ago, you served my father in the Clone Wars. That's still true, right? She was in a really tense situation. All right, here's the mental gymnastics. She was in a really tense situation. <laughs> like, honestly, I think that's so dismissible. And there are so many things between the prequels and the originals. And don't even get me started on the originals and the sequels that <laughs> I'm not. We don't like those either. Oh, we don't we don't like the the issues that they create. D discontinuity oh, yeah. is an issue for for any case. Like we sure. had to live with the but with I, the prequel stuff for decades. But. I don't think we never see Leia and Obi Wan interact in A New Hope. Mm -hmm. So I think it's okay, and the series isn't over. I don't know if they'll do something. They'll do a, like a Superman two memory wipe. I don't know, but. <laughs> I, I, I saw a meme where uh, from Revenge of the Sith where Bail Organa is bringing C-3PO to you know, have, the, have the protocol droids memory wiped and mm. they put uh, they pasted a uh, kid Leia's head on top of him. <laughs> you, you're going to have to get Obi-Wan a little bit too because he doesn't remember owning a droid. This... <laughs> technically, <laughs> technically they were Anakin's so he's right. Uh, he had R4 for the whole dang Clone Wars. Yeah, but Obi-Wan was an attachment, so he wouldn't have owned anything. Man. The Jedi never owned paper. him. <laughs> See, I can I mean, I mean, you, you saw how sad he was when R4 died in Revenge of the Sith. Yeah. Just not at all. Fair. Yeah. Fair. Um, R.A.P. He was the real MVP. <laughs> Alright, so uh, what are some things that you, you, you enjoyed about this episode, Curry? Yeah, so I really... Story issues, possibly aside, just looking at Leia, I think the actress, what is her name? I'm not familiar uh, with her name. Vivian Lyra Blair? Okay. Yeah. I think she's doing a great job. She really captures that Anakin slash Padme energy for me. Just <laughs> when Reva's, uh, uh, Reva, I keep saying her name wrong. When Reva's trying to like mind probe her or whatever and steal the information, and she's like, is this a staring contest? Like just the sass and all, I think she's a lot of fun. I thought it was actually great to see Kenobi fighting again and like in action. Um, when it comes to that kind of thing, I'm a little bit easier to please. You know, it's fun. Not that I didn't have nitpicks, but I really like that. Um, I love the scene with Vader at the end. I thought he was super intimidating when he's, you know, he walks in, he's like, you've failed me or whatever he says, classic Vader stuff. Uh, just anytime Vader's on screen, I'm going to be happy. 
because uh, I'm a he's my favorite Star Wars character, Kenobi being second. So you can maybe understand why I'm so excited for this. Uh, those are just a couple things right off the top of my head, as well as I really appreciate, and this is kind of a outside the story thing, just the fact that they're treating the video games as like equal canon. Um, there's so there's been so many references. Mandalorian had references to Battlefront 2's campaign. Um, this is referenced Fallen Order several times. When Lucasfilm has been so fast and loose with retconning books and comics as of recently, or in the past couple of years, really, uh, it's nice to see it be consistent when they tout that everything is connected and it's all one canon. It's not tiered canon when it really is. It's, it's nice to see them be consistent here for once, with the mm. exception of the uh, ap- the appearance of certain characters like the Grand Inquisitor, but we're not going to go there. <laughs> Which, by the way, he better. I- I'm pretty sure he's going to come back. The writer pretty much said so, but that's one plot point I don't like. Like, why even fake kill him off when we know he's alive in Rebels and dies there? Also, he's just so much of a better villain than Riva. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, that, and that. <laughs> I, I do struggle with her too, to be honest with you. Okay. But I don't I don't want to go into the I don't want to change well, the conversation, but well I think it's relevant. I'll go there now. Okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, I didn't want to derail, but I was already just kind of not feeling her character. I think mostly down to Moses Ingram's performance. Um yeah. and then they made the choice to have her spend this entire episode getting bested by a ten year old. <laughs> And they cut back every five minutes like clockwork. They cut back to her scene of her trying to outsmart a 10-year-old and being defeated and getting increasingly frustrated and rageful. And it's like, I'm sorry, this is not how you make a character intimidating. Yeah. Uh, Just like, they, they, it's already was a weak character in my mind and the writing did hurt her so few favors to this episode. Mm -hmm. Um, I did, okay, the the one thing I do like about this episode uh, was... I like that she was able to spin. Like, I'm pretty sure they genuinely escaped. Like, I don't think she let them go on purpose, but the way she's able to spin for Vader, well, I put a tracker on them, so it was on purpose, and it's okay. Like, that's a, that's kind of a fun, clever kind of Star Wars thing. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's about it. That's all I liked. <laughs> yeah, I, oh, yeah I, I think... Go ahead, uh, ahead Ryan. That's... I'm so sorry. <laughs> no, no, I think good. that's kind of the story of this show, though, is that they don't... That they're, they're thinking of benefit and never cost... Like with the Leia thing, they're thinking about building Leia. They're not worried that they're uh, they're tearing down Riva to do so. Mm. Just like uh, with this Anakin Obi Wan rematch, they're thinking about hype and drama, and they're not thinking about the mental gymnastics you have to go through to make the existing canon work with, with that encounter. Like so much of this show is, Oh, this would be really cool. Look at all the benefits and ignore all the cost of what we're doing. And I think that that really hits with the interrogation scenes because it it is almost like Scooby-Doo villain level getting foiled by those darn kids and their stupid droid, you know, like, eh, it's just, it doesn't work for me. It doesn't make her intimidating. And they, they somewhat save that with the with the tracker thing, but it does feel super afterthoughty. Like, 
I don't know. Would she rather they escaped or would she rather they have caught them and still got the information out of Leia? Like, and these are things that I feel like if a director should be discussing with their actor as they're crafting the performance. So when you go back and rewatch, you can see, oh, she was plotting something there. You know, she had right. a kind of a look in her eye. Like she, there was a there was a, a long glance. Like little subtleties, which this sh the show has never heard of that word, um, that you can do in performance <laughs> and in direction to set up twists like that, or or things like like I I, I think I think what they were what they're doing with Riva is trying to soften her. Uh, for some kind of redemption arc, like I think it's pretty clear she was one of the Jedi younglings in the beginning, yeah. and she'll probably turn on. Maybe she'll save them to the end. I'm not sure, but like, it seems they're trying to soften her here, having giving those moments with Leia. But I, I don't think it's it's just it's not there in in Ingram's performance. She's she's playing it so straight, and so on. This just I want this information from you, Leia, right now. We don't have a lot of the little pauses, the moments of concern, the moments of regret that I think we would need to, to so I can point to it and say, oh, like if you look at that thing, maybe it means this. It's, it's just all, it's all the surface level, I feel like. And it would be better, in my opinion, if the Grand Inquisitor was still around to give pressure to that performance, but to and play off of one another. And, mm -hmm. and that's why I think his his presence in the first two like made me more forgivable with how she was because I've struggled with her performance since the beginning. I think her character is fascinating on paper. I just think the execution is kind of inconsistent. I thought in episode three, she was a little bit better. I was like, okay, I'm hopeful. You know, she has a moment where she touches the Jedi symbol on the wall. And then in this one, it's like you said, she plays it so straight. And I don't know if we're meant to think the way we're thinking, we're, I mean, of course we're not, but in the sense of, I noticed on a second watch that she was very, very, very reluctant to hurt Leia. Like she had multiple times where she could have like forcefully tortured her like Kylo Ren did to uh, Poe Dameron. She could have like forced the torture devices sooner. She was very reluctant in like getting to that point and like kept saying these idle threats like, I hope you like pain and all these things. So. I'm predicting a redemption arc as well. I'm not sure what that looks like. I'm ready for some next step into that because I feel like they're dragging out just a little bit too long. And that all came to a head in this episode. And if that's the case and they reveal whatever her motivation or plan was, then maybe when we go back and rewatch, if you guys ever rewatch this, uh, that like, oh, okay, we'll see the little things that they did in search uh, that will help it make sense. I feel like these shows can be same thing with like the MCU shows. It's hard harder to judge them on an individual episode basis. It's easier to judge them as a like a whole season because oftentimes, especially with the MCU shows, they're just a four and a half hour movie stopped at certain points. Mm -hmm. Like and you they throw a recap on the next part. It's a forty five minute act and then they go to the next one. Um, so I kind of am beginning to wonder if this would have been better as a binge model uh, instead of week to week for this particular show. But I don't know. That's a whole other conversation too. I feel like Mando has been pretty easy to judge week to week because it's you know it's, it's usually a different adventure, a different director. Right. Like it, they all how it's built, it works that way. Mm, yeah. But this this is not that way. 
Mando has more of the D- DNA of uh, of the animated Star Wars before, and and this is more of more like the MCU shows yep. in its structure. Mm-hmm. Um, but even so, like there are arcs in Mando and in the animated uh, Star Wars shows we have um, that are just micro versions of this and. Maybe this would have been better not as a miniseries, but as a movie that was, was carefully considered. You know, like you know, we have so much runway and not enough plane here. Like, I, I don't know where they're going with this, you know. Yeah. And I mean, that's hard to judge right now, like you said, Curry. But mm-hmm. uh, right now, we've we've got a runway with a ton of potholes in it. I can't imagine we getting this plane off the ground. Okay. Yeah. I'm sorry, go ahead. Uh, and also a movie which just had, I, I don't believe it would have had almost any of just the technical frustrations that the show has yeah. had. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you, you kind of hit on something that I thought about a lot with this episode. This episode was noticeably shorter than the last three. Like when you cut all the credits out, like every bit of it, recap and all, it's like 31 or 32 minutes. I may be off a little bit, give or take, but it's short. Like it's really short. And I'm a firm believer that an episode is as long as it needs to be. A film is as long as it needs to be, you know, but there's room for error there. And personally, I think that given that so little happens in this episode and there's a lot, a lot of wandering around hallways, a lot of sneaking around. I wonder, could this have been tightened up and added to another episode to make a longer episode? I'm not, I mean, I don't know if you guys are Stranger Things fans. Like the most recent of that show, some of the episodes got a little long, but largely it worked. And that's a whole like different show, different structure. I get it. But either give us really tight focused episodes and give us more of them or give us longer episodes where it feels like more happens when it's a painful week to week wait. Like make that wait worth it. And I I just don't feel like this wait for this week paid off as much as it should have honestly i think the episode should have been longer and like that's what i mean everything is so easy like it is i counted it is five minutes from the moment the episode opens after the intro it opens five minutes to where their their ship is going into atmosphere over uh is it nur the Mm -hmm. moon and like we're already here, we're all we've already started the rescue. Like the, the last shot of the last episode was Leia being captured, and five minutes into the next, we've already arrived to start the rescue. It's like, give us some time. And like there are, there are so many shortcuts taken. Like um, O'Shea Jackson Jr.'s character, uh, he's like, no, I can't help you. And like one minute later, look, if you want my help, you've got it. Like you you were you were so gung ho about not wanting anything to do with this, and then. Almost immediately, you've joined. You've joined the fight, and there was no, there was nothing to get us from. Point I didn't like that being. line either. Like, if you want my help, you've got it. Like, that was like a okay. We need a line to wrap this thing up so we can go film the next scene. That I really felt that right there. And, and then, go ahead. I just, I just other, just I feel like laziness. The whole thing of like, oh, there are no defenses because no one would be dumb enough to attack them. Well, if there no, there are no defenses. It wouldn't be dumb to attack them, like as they show here. Like, we, when has there twice ever, now in canon? <laughs> when has there ever <laughs> been an imperial it. base? When has there ever been an imperial base that wasn't you know covered in guns and crawling with tie fighters? Like, 
make it make the in the, make it more difficult. And like they could have done the classic planning montage. Like why even do a heist or breakout episode if you're not gonna have a planning montage? You know, give us some cool steps. And like they just made it so easy that you just kind of wonder why bother. Like all of the cool things you could have done are not done. And just how easy it was to escape in the end was just really irritating. Like, just have some TIE fighters flying after them and have that, you know, classic race to get into light speed as they're trying mm-hmm. to escape the planet. You know, spice it up. There's no spice here. Uh, That's a good point too, Ryan, because this is like five years after Fallen Order. So that base has been attacked before. Uh, so thanks for ruining it a little bit more for me. I'm just kidding. But, <laughs> but to, clar- to clarify a little bit what I was saying, Gabe, that's what I'm saying. Either tighten it up. If you're going to go with it's easy, this isn't going to be a huge amount of time we're going to spend in this place. Shorten it up and add it to another episode or make it harder. Make it more worthwhile to be its own standalone episode. Make it the Mission Impossible episode of Obi-Wan Kenobi or what, whatever have you, you know, whatever heist you want to compare it to. So that's more of what I meant. I don't know if I explained that properly the first time. Or make it a like a buddy thing with a Obi Wan and Tala. Like have them yeah. have like they did with a you know Mando and Bill Burr. Like have them conversations yeah. and there's no conversations in this show. Well, I guess there, there was some between Leia and uh, Reva, but I don't like Reva, so it doesn't count. <laughs> can I give Can I give my grand Obi Wan Kenobi show fix plan? Like I I, I said earlier that i like when suggesting corrections to keep the basic premise on the table you know so i'm not going to propose that they should have done something entirely monumentally different but what i would have started this show with is obi-wan kind of in the opposite place he is at the start of the show like make that that hubristic conversation with owen stick by having Obi-Wan be the one Jedi in the galaxy that just has not had the message sink in that you have to lay low now. Like, he got out of the Clone Wars in better shape than most Jedi. And in fact, went on to confront the Empire's most deadly agent and came out on top. I'd have the reverse roles with with the other Jedi that he found, where... The other Jedi should have been the one to be like, no, you need to lay low. You need to bury this thing in the desert. And Obi-Wan kind of pep talk and accidentally caused this guy to out himself and be killed. And that should be what creates the reluctance to leave Tatooine to help Leia. And then have a, an episode in between where we're, we're getting that reluctance out of the way. And then rather than having him get to Leia immediately take her take her uh with the inquisitors to begin with because they're slated to be the enemies of the show right make this mission be the final mission of the show and give us some classic obi-wan episode 2 investigation into all of this and and then like i actually kind of like the premise that leia would be the one thing that could possibly draw him away from luke uh, but I like Gabe's idea of her not knowing that Obi-Wan is her savior here because that preserves at least uh, at least to me and Gabe, it preserves the line in A New Hope about... Because it does come across as really s- stiff. Like, 
if I'm sending a message to Obi-Wan after coming through this show, it would have been like, years ago you saved me in my hour of most need and I'm calling upon you again. You know? Mm-hmm. It would be personal. It would not be detached and put off to her father. So we got to avoid that problem. And also, my hot take, keep the Grand Inquisitor around the whole show and don't bring Vader in at all. Yeah, I'm very much anti-Vader in this show. <laughs> that, is a, love- that take is hotter than the sand that's coarse and irritating and gets everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> No, I mean, I, I can I can sympathize with what you're saying, though. Um, any other particular things that y'all wanted y'all you really wanted to mention about this, uh, Ryan? Anything at all? Yeah, uh, last, I guess I'll just summarize <laughs> how I felt, which is the direction is stiff and feels perfunctory. The acting is hit or miss, depending on who we're talking about. The plot was not advanced. But it's got less canon-breaking stuff in this episode, so I'm able to just sit back and take it for what it is a little better than I have been the previous three. So, yeah, Curry. Yeah, <clears throat> you know, if somebody asked me like, "Hey, what did you think of episode 4 I'll say it was fine. Like, it, it it wasn't so awful. I didn't have fun, but it wasn't so amazing like the first three definitively are. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm just I'm just gonna keep throwing throwing the salt. <clears throat> you know, I I can understand where people are coming from when they're concerned about it breaking canon or being harder to fit with the original trilogy. I really do. I think that's a worthwhile discussion and debate. Um, I think there's a little bit of irony here between uh, some of the complaints I'm seeing from certain people, not going to name any names, <laughs> who <laughs> love things in the sequel trilogy and love certain character decisions in the sequel trilogy but are struggling with here. Like, Ryan, for example, I, I don't want to, like, push back too hard on your uh, idea for fixing Push him, push him. But <laughs> I don't think the show would make a lot of sense if Obi-Wan was in a great place when it started because then we don't see any kind of fallout emotionally because he got it physically better in Revenge of the Sith, but emotionally he got it the worst pretty much of anyone. Um, so we don't really see any ramifications from that. And I love seeing him uh, last Jediing all over the place in that first episode. And I'm one who kind of struggles with last Jedi. I don't think it's bad, but I'm kind of on a middle ground with it. However, the, all the hype that it built for me in those first three episodes, all the goodwill that it, that it entrusted to me and how I eagerly defended I lost some of that this week and it's made me question how much can they get done in the next two episodes since it feels like, I don't want to use the term wasted, but spent an entire episode on a plot heavy, but story light mission that doesn't really accomplish much character wise for anyone. Um, and, and that's, that's my biggest takeaway. You know, I watch it with my wife. I always watch it first in the morning, try to get a review done. Then I watch it with her in the evening. And I looked at her after it was over. So what'd you think? She's like, it was okay. I don't feel like much happened. You know, I look at her and <laughs> I get those opinions that I'm like, okay, I have this super crazy detail complex thing. Let me get like the opinion. Who's like casual fan. What did you think? And she had some similar thoughts as I did. So going, go, going back to your, your jab about, you know, 
whether or not we bring the same little critique to let's say the last jedi i i think i i will acknowledge part of that there is definitely a, a thing where the amount you are willing to to hand wave or to head cannon is commensurate to how much you are getting how much value you see in the in the mm-hmm. thing mm-hmm. like if this is if i am floored by the drama and i think the filmmaking is on point a little weird logic flaw but i don't care i'm having so much fun this is bringing me so much joy yeah. it doesn't matter and so yeah when i'm at a show like where i see very little value happening i have so much more time <laughs> to just think but wait why huh what, what is this so yeah I'll give you half that point, but I think there are a lot of problems here as well. Um, and now comes the time for my rant about the filmmaking <laughs> um, for this episode. Uh, just I, there are directorial choices, there are editing choices, there are things that just I do not understand how they happen in a big budget production. Like there is a legit audio mixing flub, like. It happens. Uh, it's one of Riva's lines, which is, you know, I give you my word. And there, you can tell there are two audio tracks put together and they didn't blend them. So there's this weird electronic audio spike in the middle of her saying I. And it's like, how did you not find this? Um, I didn't catch that. I'll have to go back and look for it. Uh, I, I have a clip. I'll forward it to you. Um, yeah, please do. And it could be missed, but like by us, not by somebody with headphones on having yeah. to edit this in a bay for, for multiple hours. You right. Know? Yeah, that's a solid point. Yeah, I just said it to our <laughs> chat. Um and then like things like when when Tala takes out the two stormtroopers after being arrested, and she just like lightly taps one and he staggers across the whole room. That was and bad. That and was bad. uh another continuity error. It's not the biggest thing, but it's when Obi-Wan's holding back the water, he is right under that window. And then he goes and throws it at the stormtroopers. And it and it's behind the stormtroopers. Like, it starts behind the stormtroopers. And he's, like, 30 feet away from it, running towards the door. It's like, and there's nothing, no time in between. It's just the, the distances are all weird. I think just the way she shoots the action is, like, she sets up, like, one camera towards the ceiling, one camera towards the floor and wide angles, and then has, like, one camera doing this really shaky cam close-up and just runs like runs through rehearsal like up oh, good enough it's just there's no refinement to it and like the and if if a certain motion wasn't sold as well as it could have been they don't do anything about it uh the camera never once that i could tell like accentuates the action where you're like oh i'm gonna move a ca- you know move the camera with this move so it looks so much cooler like no she's a single just- pan like, is there a single pan in this episode? Probably some, but like, it's just like she just sh- shoots some really basic coverage and they just move on, which, I, which I, I, I'm convinced this show had no schedule because I know she's better than this. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, just when they're walking out in the hangar and there are like 100, 200 stormtroopers and officers around, and Obi Wan, he's 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 got a, he's an imperial, uh, you know, uniform officer's uniform, but he's got a full beard, and there is very obviously a small human walking underneath his coat, and they're surrounded by people, and no one notices that and this guy clearly does not belong here. It's, is that variation of the uniform created just for this scenario? I don't think I've what, ever seen the it. extra 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 large, yes, imperial coat, like. I, the over, I mean, oh, the overcoat, yeah. Yeah, I could be wrong. Like, oh. I don't... Well, hold on, hold on. Because um, uh, mm. in Solo, 
uh, Woody Harrelson's character. Yeah, he does wear off. He's yeah. wearing a long coat too. And he wears a similar cap, I think. So that's a good call. Yeah, I think um, you're right. The, but still, like, it's really obvious. It feels <laughs> like it was made for it's, this gag. Like, well, at least they didn't get away with it, right? Like, yeah, they are caught. <laughs> so they almost did, but they didn't. But they they only got they didn't get caught. Like Reba came in and saw, hey, that's Obi Wan and Tala. Like, it's, yeah. they didn't even get caught. Um, so just it's it feels so low effort, and for me. Like, I just, I, that's not acceptable with Star Wars. Star Wars has, you know, even when with the prequels and he was, George Lucas was making a lot of the same mistakes, he was reaching for the stars technically. He was changing the way we've made movies forever. He made a lot of, a lot of problems, but just like, <laughs> but then, and then we get to Disney era, and I feel like the five Disney Star Wars films are among, without a doubt in my mind, the best looking blockbusters that have been made in the last decade, the cinematography, the view, like, like Marvel, you, when you go into a Marvel movie, you come in with the expectation that there are going to be a lot of CGI shots that look a little wonky that, but okay, you know, it's a lot of CGI. I forgive it. Those five Star Wars movies, I could count on maybe both my hands, the amount of weak CGI shots in five movies. And most of that's from rewatching and knowing it. Yeah, and that doesn't happen with modern blockbusters. Right. Yeah. And to go from that to this series where every episode I'm noticing not just you know sloppy filmmaking but just actual mistakes. It's just I don't I I Disney has the money. It has everything they need. And they they've shown us some of those Mando episodes are pretty dang near flawless and they're huge and epic and some of those aren't, aren't as good, but like that show is operating at such a such a higher level in the show, and I just, I, it's unacceptable to me that Disney Star Wars could be, I think, you know, this shoddy sometimes, even and on because, Disney I, Plus. Yeah, because like um, the Peyton Reed episode of Mando is CGI heavy, and I didn't good. feel taken out of that even once. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. not like I have here. Yeah. And Gabe, I think you make a you make a really really compelling point. You know, I, I like I said before, I do think the first three episodes, as big of a fan as I am of them, um, I definitely think there's flaws. You know, the chase scene being a prime example. There's a there's a couple this chase scene in the second episode. I think there's a couple of weird editing blunders. I've had editing blunders in each one that I felt um, more forgivable kind of stuff because I still felt mostly. It was directed fairly well, you know. I thought, and it's weird to me because when her Mando episodes, and I could be misremembering, I felt like she directed the action super well in those. The the, the final shootout in the sin, where it's like yeah. Mando versus like fifty bounty hunters, is really tightly directed. Yeah. So I I felt like yeah, there's some mistakes, but I really like the angle of what she's going for. But here, it's almost like they rushed through this one to get through it, like they had a tighter day. Or like just not enough time to get all the shots they needed. So like, hey, let's just do a wide shot and do a, we'll do a cross cut, you know, reverse shot for a lightsaber. Uh, anyway, that this is, this, is, this is where I was like, yeah, I'm. You're reading reading your tweets and stuff afterwards. This is where I was like, I can see what he's saying, and I actually agree that there's a lot of weird blunders. And this is something I can't believe this gets this happens so much in Hollywood productions. 
there's a shot. It's kind of an establishing shot with um, Reva and Leia in the like interrogation room. And there's just a, uh, it's like a slider shot across the screen. Mm-hmm. And instead of it being this like smooth, like beautiful shot, it's like doing this. Oh, and there's in those which sliders like, will do, but yeah, they do yeah. that all the time. But I'm like, man, I would get like fussed at if my like shot was a little, you know, off or something, and like try to use warp stabilizer and premiere afterwards and try to fix it up. I'm like, they just let that slide. That was a super crazy they let it slide. <laughs> I remember that one. Well, it's it's Disney, you know, they, they have access to things we don't like. This should like. They could should get a be giant sure. crane in there and do it if they have to. It almost feels like they needed something to lengthen the story, which is why this one is like so short. I just also have a hard time buying that they they didn't have more in that back to tank scene to show. Maybe they're saving some stuff for later on. Um, th- this episode just felt sloppier to me overall, and, and I, I do think you have a good point. I don't know if it's. I don't know if I would take it to the extent that you would, but I definitely would be more on your side in that in that case. One other small positive I will say is that I think the, the 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 volume looks better inside this kind of imperial base setting than it does like where they're trying to do like outdoors. There's been mm-hmm. a lot of outdoor stuff. Like for me, I've having watched you know four seasons of the, of show shot in the volume, I can almost immediately spot. Oh, that's a volume shot. I can see where the wall is exactly over there, but. I, I didn't really have that problem this episode, just the way, I think just the way it's lit, the way that the, the, the Imperial settings look. Did you notice the one with Osh- with uh, Osh- Oshea Jackson? Is that his name? Oh, dude. That, the, the, the volume was shot there. Was that green screen? I don't, I don't know. Because that was the, if that was volume, it looked bad. Because that was the only one I was like, what is going <laughs> on with like the keying around his head? Because it, it just looked off to me mm-hmm. that was the first time i've really noticed it to, i to be think honest. it might have been green screen because i could swear yeah. i could see an outline yeah um that was yeah your blunder um yeah. so how are we feeling about this show going forward like I'll start with you ryan just like do you have any more hope uh like do you like what do you think and do you i think you'll um just how are you feeling now that we've we're, we're over halfway over with it I'm an eternal optimist, and so I always have a little bit of hope. Uh, but uh, I feel like my fears for this show have been realized, and a couple fears I didn't even have going in have manifest. So, it, as I said earlier, we got a long runway with a bunch of potholes. I don't think they're really getting this plane off the ground for me. Maybe they, maybe they hover a little bit, but uh, I just don't see this making the pantheon of great star wars shows and i i could as it constitutes right now i could see myself if i was doing a comprehensive watch everything in star wars run through i could see myself being very very tempted to skip this and that's the saddest thing i can say how are you feeling curry that makes me sad ryan i feel so hard <laughs> you know. um because <laughs> you know and I tend to be an optimist as well. I like to say I'm a, like a realistic optimist. This was the first episode where I felt a little nervous going forward. And as I mentioned earlier, there's there's two episodes left. You know, if they're not the 55-minute run times, I'm concerned. It's kind of a two-fold, two-sided coin concern. It's, is there enough story to justify two more episodes? 
And if so, they're going to have to like really give us something compelling in this next one. Or are there too many plot threads to wrap up in just two episodes? Because the MCU shows are very guilty of rush finales where like too much is going on in the finale and it ends up feeling rushed. So that being said, three out of four so far is still really good for me. Um, I think when the show chooses to focus more on the drama between Vader and Kenobi, which we know is coming, um, there's going to be fallout. We're going to find out more about Reva's motivations. I'm almost positive the Grand Inquisitor is going to show back up. I think this is kind of the calm before the storm. And I'm, what I'm hoping for you guys is that these next two episodes maybe can turn things around for you and maybe retroactively make the previous episodes better. Won't fix you know some of the filmmaking issues, of course. But I don't know if you saw Andrew. I think his name's Andrew Stanton. Mm, I'm, I'm looking at. I was going to mention that. I'm looking at his Wikipedia yeah. page right now. He's, he's writing the next two, and he wrote the. He's a co co writer on the Toy Story films, or he was he the lead uh, writer? Uh, Andrew Stanton is, in my opinion, like one of the great writers. So he's got um, Toy Story, Bugs Life, Toy Story Two, Monsters Inc., Finding Nemo, Wally, Toy Story Three, um, Finding Dory, Toy Story Four, like those. So like he's and he's part of the Pixar brain trust. Like his. Yeah. He's given suggestions for every Pixar film. So, like, he's a good writer. He's a really good writer. Right. And I think that this is a good time for that to come out in this show and really, like, tie everything together, make people question and go, is this worth it? Is this worth rewatching? Is this worth doing mental gymnastics to justify a new hope? (laughs) Or what happens in a new hope or whatever? And knowing his resume and like just thinking about toy story and how heartfelt and like dramatic those can be and like making us care about these toys that come to life you know and knowing that another kenobi invader confrontation is coming that gives me hope um so i'm still of course looking forward to it and there's just enough in this episode to still make me like hang on and like dang it i hate to have to wait another week but at the same time just a little bit nervous yeah so for me like as I'm feeling with this episode and kind of you, you like, you know, once you're two thirds through, through a series, you kind of probably know how you're going to feel when it ends. And for me, I'm like, as it stands, I will probably just kind of quietly shuffle this show to the side going forward and just not, not pretend sort of pretend it's not, it's not real canon going forward. Um, you know, I'm not, not going to be like that super irritating guy. Like, oh, they're not canon. But as far as like my own personal watch throughs. Right. I don't think this is going to be something that I, I that I want to think about <laughs> within the larger Star Wars story. Again, Andrew Stanton is credited for the next two episodes. And he's a good writer. And and we I think we've seen in Mando and, um, and the Book of Boba Fett, just like, the difference in feeling, like most of those episodes are written by uh, John Favreau, and then Dave Filoni will come in and write an episode, and just it feels different. You know, the, the way the characters, you know, there's more dialogue, there's more themes woven through. Or when now Rick Famuyiwa writes an episode, like you can feel the difference. So I'm hoping that with Andrew Stanton coming in, we can feel that, and when we have moments like Obi Wan the Bounty Tank, instead of just cutting through it, they'll dive into it and give us more yep. character stuff um, because like that, that is what this show has been entirely lacking for me. I just have not felt any of the character drama they've put forward. So I, I'm, yeah, just, I'm just hoping that, but even then, like, I don't, I don't, <laughs> I don't like the story. This season, this series has chosen to tell. 
So I can't like I accepting that I can enjoy, I think, but even then, even if those two episodes are really good, it's not gonna fix the problems I have. Um so we'll see. You know, I you I, just I subscribe do the sequel trilogy in my eyes. Just uh, <laughs> don't even start. That's a future episode idea right there. I actually have a, I have a very balanced view on the I'm a very much a middle guy. I can kind of go both ways. I, I'm a two-thirds approve and one-third. Yeah, yeah well, I'm there too, but <laughs> I've come oh, a long way since I came out. I did want to share one cool thing about this episode um, that I forgot to mention until now. Um, a friend of mine who I worked with is at, for six months uh, back when I worked in the church world, uh, she was a communications director and I was the video producer. She is an actress now and she is in episode four of Kenobi and she is going to be in episodes five and six. Too. She's an extra in the background. Um, I saw her post it on her story. I'd have to go back and find the shot. I believe it's at the, when they're on Jabeen, she's like one of the people in the background. That's cool. And, um, she told me she's supposed to be in episodes five and six too. So it's pretty cool. Uh, I'll send you all a screenshot of her in the show. Maybe you can look out for it next time. That's so. pretty neat. Um, yeah. man, is really anything, neat. Else, anything else at all you wanted to mention, Ryan? About this episode? No, I think I've uh, said all I need to say. <laughs> all right, then. Uh, so where can people follow you, uh, Curry, if they want to check you out online? Yeah, so they can follow me on Twitter. I don't do much on Twitter, so you'll probably be bored. Uh, but you can follow me or su- subscribe on YouTube. It's Curinator One. It's Curinator, like the Terminator. Uh, sorry, bad joke. I'm a dad now. I can't help it. But I do movie reviews and um, some TV reviews, such as Kenobi, and trying to cover the Marvel shows now. So Curinator One on YouTube, and uh, also am a rotating guest uh, co-host on a Certain Point of View podcast. So check us out there. We'll actually be live tomorrow night. I may or may not appear. I like to keep it uh, vague just in case I can't make it. But uh, we have a great time over there too. So it's been a it's been a pleasure to be on here. So thank you for inviting me. You're welcome. And uh, Ryan, yeah, I want to echo that it has been a pleasure. I I forget how much I miss this until we start doing it. Uh, but uh, yeah, you can follow me at Pop Americana on YouTube, where uh, we do in depth film analysis. Uh, right now we have. Uh, Oh, gosh, it must be 20 hours on the Lord of the Rings trilogy. Uh, that just finished. That's um, it. That's amateur. <laughs> I love it. Look, it, the, our last episode was almost the length of Return of the King for the last fourth of Return of the King. So Perfect. <laughs> we, we, went, we went pretty deep in that. Uh, but, uh, yeah, we, we also have our... Uh, reaction it was a live show for uh the batman that was that's there too and our next project is what i think right now is slated to be a video essay on steven spielberg's schindler's list so i'm very much looking forward to that that's uh i'm a bit nervous which is not normal for me because that's a touchy subject and a very i think important film so Hold out there. It's going to take a minute, but I'm going to get that out as soon as possible. Uh, But also Pop Americana has a Facebook discussion group where we talk about all kinds of things going on in film culture and uh, television culture. Uh, Right now, the big feature is James Hamrick's year by year 
poll for films. Uh, I think we are in the year 2000 right now where you can vote for 10 of your favorite films from that year. And he tallies them up and then we reveal what our picks for uh, favorite movies each year are. So that's fun. Uh, Join us there. We'll discuss everything from Kenobi to I'm sure Jurassic World (laughs) coming out here in a minute and I'm sure that that's shaping up to be as every bit as divisive as uh, Kenobi. So. I mean, yeah, if we talked about Fallen Kingdom, there'd be blood on the floor. Yes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, actually more uni- I actually haven't seen Fallen Kingdom. I'm going to watch it for the first time this weekend. I just, it was one I missed in theaters. Kind of it's, a shame I haven't seen it. It's definitely a movie. Um, I've, I've heard mixed opinions. It's a good so. one, but, uh, yeah, I, I disagree with Gabe on that, but that's a whole nother show. Yeah, <laughs> I can't wait to do an episode with you guys where I tell you how the best Star Wars movie is actually Revenge of the Sith. That'll be a fun one. Ooh, you can try. I, mean, I like it, but you will try. I like it. Um, <laughs> if you're not yes. with me, then you're my enemy, Gabe. Exactly. Um, so as far as me, um, you can follow me on Twitter at, at @franchisepod. Uh, I've kind of co-opted our podcast Twitter feed as my own personal thing. Um, and also just to check out Franchise Fatigue Podcast. Like we've kind of discontinued it, but we have reviews for everything Star Wars up to like 2020. All the movies, all the shows, you know, very, very in-depth. So if you want to hear me talk about Star Wars more, you can follow, you can go to Franchise Fatigue Podcast. Um, as far as the Outer Rim, um, join us uh, at the Outer Rim of Star Wars group on Facebook for a positive uh constructive discussion of star wars uh you know follow us on twitter at uh the outer rim a star wars channel and the same on youtube all right and we should be back next week with episode five and until then we'll see you later